Hello and welcome back to another episode of De Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football. As always on the podcast with me today is student journalist Lewis Laird. Lewis, how are you doing? You're not too bad, Stefan. So, I not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, also on the podcast, we have. I don't even know how to introduce him because I want to say student journalist, but he is sort of like a king of Celtic Twitter. It's Adam Lynch. Adam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad. And we also have an English social media blogger and big Arsenal fan, James. James, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. You yourself? Yeah, I'm. I'm not too bad. Um, Doing good, really interested. Um, this should be a, a good episode. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, as always, we are going to recap all the games uh, across the Premiership uh, the past weekend. Then we will look ahead to the games that are coming up in midweek, give our predictions. We're also going to do something a little bit different on this episode of the podcast. Um, I asked each of the guys to kind of create their own list of five players that have played in Scotland, that have went down to England and been successful. So we will run through that top five as well. A lot of good, uh, interesting players there that we'll, we'll delve into. Um, but before we begin, we'll sort of get two big talking points that we need to get out of the way, first of all. Um, last night, it was reported that Rangers are launching an internal investigation into potential COVID protocol breaks from some of their players. Um, Lewis, when that news dropped, what, what was your instant reaction? Yeah, it was a bit surprising to be honest because I thought that you get this far in sort of the season, how long these protocols have been about. It's pretty stupid to go out breaking the rules at a party on a Saturday night, you know. And some of the reported players, like Nathan Patterson, they've just started the career at Rangers, so you could effectively have gone and ruined it already. So it does come as a bit of su- as a surprise, but you don't expect much to come up apart from maybe a big fine and uh, a few suspensions, you know. Well, I think it's interesting that you say that because um, Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, back in August when Bolingoli flew off to Spain and, you know, Aberdeen players were caught in a pub, um, you know, she said, uh, I'll put it in football terms that people can understand, uh, this time it's a yellow card, the next time it will be a red card. There's been multiple occasions now where COVID breaches have happened and there's been no red card. Is this the sort of proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, Adam? Yeah, I thought it was uh, a bit crazy. When I heard it, my first reaction was, uh, you know, the Donald Trump gif and he's like, no, like, build that wall. But instead it was like, no lamb void, no lamb void. But look, I think, um, yeah, I think it was silly. I think when Bowling Golly done it, there was a massive reaction. And when the Aberdeen players were caught, there was also another big reaction. And I think it's the same again here. Like, we're what? How many? How late are we into the season? What's about 10, 12 games left? Yeah. Um, that's imagine. I think on their behalf, it's just silly. Like, especially for their youth players, their young players. I know they don't really play, but they still go out. They still mix with the first team. So I just think it's a bit bizarre, like putting the whole team in risk and possibility of missing two or three matches, etc. So I think it's a bit crazy. Could it also put Scottish football at risk of being shut down, um, James? Yeah, I think it, I think it could do. Um, as you said, Nicholas Sturgeon already gave the warning, so it was a bit careless from Rangers players. If if it is true, and if it it, it does turn out to be true, uh, then I think maybe she will have to issue that red card that she was talking about. But as I said, it's careless. Uh, the pandemic's been going on for a while now, and this is not the first time it's happened, not just in the Scottish Premiership, but it's happened in England as well. So it's it's not the first time, and I think it's pretty careless, to be honest. Yeah, it, do, it does pose that question of how many sort of yellow cards can Nicola Sturgeon sort of 
offer up before she has to say, no, this is getting ridiculous. These these guys have a privilege, I suppose, um, that they're able to do what they do on a daily basis to train, to, to then play football, to then travel to games. Um, it sort of puts that question in that you, they're not acting responsibly. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm not sure if it would be fair to punish the whole of Scottish football for it, but I think... I think you know action must come from the first minister now, um, and whether that's fines or, or whatever, I, you know, I think I think the I think it has to be weighed up. To be to be honest with you, um, moving on from that, uh, Celtic this morning released their interim report um, into the the last their half yearly half yearly report. I think it was a projected six million pounds that they'd lost, Lewis. What did you think of that? In terms of like sort of the financial side of things, I'm not. I'm no expert in that. You know, I think it's probably expected that the club are going to lose money after the pandemic. I think pretty much every club will have lost money. With some some of the wording in the statement, it was pretty pretty crazy. You know, a lot of it sounding sort of Neil Lennon, well, not sound Neil Lennon, not addressing that situation. To be honest, it seemed to just sort of be a statement to fill out and just put out to supporters. There wasn't you know much information in there to provide fans about what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, um, I mean, I can't disagree with that. Um, I think one of the key points from the statement uh, was, we are in a period of review, we indicated in our announcement on the 7th of December. I must state clearly that all decisions we... uh, Sorry. I must state clearly that all decisions we take will uh, will be taken calmly and rationally. We will not make hasty decisions that we might regret. Um, Adam, what's your, your thoughts on that and hasty decisions? Yeah, I woke up this morning to a statement and I was like, oh, here we go. And then uh, I just think, like, no matter what they say, it's everyone's going to be angry. The only way I think they can make Celtic fans happy at the moment is if they sack Lennon and bring in a new man. But, like, I don't, like, what was it they talked about losing money? Like, I just think if you if it's a risk bringing in Lennon, not only for on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, like... My theory is if you get a top manager and spend um, good money on a top manager, you'll make a lot of money in return. So, yeah. Can't disagree with that. Um, James, what, what's your view on that? Uh, I would say that I agree with Adam. Uh, I said um, they're just trying not not to... They said um, we're not going to make any hasty decisions. Well, I think uh, people would be more happy if you made the decision to because I think from an outside perspective looking in I think Celtic have been on the decline and personally if if I was supporting Celtic I want something to change Uh, you talk about financially uh, everyone's been hit by the pandemic Um, and uh, yeah I think I think talking about hasty decisions again I think people reading that statement will be like well, what what's going to happen now? Like, what's going to happen? You're just making a statement, I don't know, to to kind of, I don't want to say mask over, but I don't know. I don't know, really. I, I think for me, um, you know, the statement was full of loads of words, um, which was really quite impressive, considering it was a statement full of, of no value whatsoever. Um, yeah. I've seen someone tweet saying, oh, look at Ian Bankier talking about hasty decisions and not wanting to do anything he might regret, but he hired someone in the showers of Hamden Park. Um, so, <laughs> you know, um, it's, a, it's a little bit ironic. Um, but yeah, um, if you're a Celtic fan, six million loss, I suppose money was always 
you were always going to lose money this this season. Um, just one final point on it. Do you think Celtic are using COVID as an excuse um, for, for the way things have, have gone down this season, Lewis? Oh, no, definitely. I think you've seen that already multiple times. You know, it was mentioned in that statement. It's been mentioned by Neil Lennon. It's even been mentioned by, like, Jerry McCulloch and stuff on the Celtic TV footage. So I think they're definitely trying to pander that this is a sorry, excuse. And I think they'll do that when the season tickets come out as well and try and say to supporters, you know, we'll try and get you back in because this is what sort of caused it. Maybe not in those sort of words, but in that sort of way. At this stage, I think they just need to come out and tell fans that Lennon's going to be here until May because... So they know that that's going to happen. It's better to have the communication and clarity rather than just sitting on this sort of statement when nothing's been said. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, Adam, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, like in regards to maybe the board coming out and saying, you know, he's here till the end of the year. But what happens if they come out and say that and then, you know, Celtic lose the next three or four games and then you're thinking, oh, well, he's here till the end of the year. But then again, there isn't really anything to play for, is there? You know, the Scottish Cup most likely not going ahead and, you know, just getting top two is probably our only goal now from now to the end of the season. But I, just, I think it's just a big disaster. And then them using COVID as an, as an excuse as well. I think, yeah, like, I don't think Lennon, do you think really think Lennon would be here now if, you know, the fans are in the stadium? You know, you'd probably have about, what, 25,000 people going to a game on a, on a Saturday afternoon. Like, I think that would probably just show... Um, crisis for Peter Lawwell and etc to make a decision but they don't really have to make the decision now because you know people have paid up their season tickets even though they know that there's not going to be any games that they can go to and I just think the way the club has been run this season more than any other season has been absolute shambles I think one thing about the statement was I think one of the highlights was being second in the Scottish Premiership I mean how's that highlight yeah <laughs> uh, come on like yeah, the biggest season yeah. in Celtic's history and that's what they're pointing out like I've seen that. I was mortified at that. Um, you know, I put a tweet out earlier. Um, I said, um, it's incredibly impressive that they have managed to compose a statement that long uh, with absolutely no- nothing of any value inside of it. Uh, the disconnect between the support and the PLC is a yawning chasm. And until Neil Lennon is removed as manager, that disconnect will just get bigger. Um, will it not, Lewis? It likely it is, but I just think that's going to be the decision either way, to be honest. Like, I don't after sort of Sparta, you could name so many results. I've seen Sparta Prague twice, even like the most recent adjacent mount. Everyone was like, Surely this is the time. I just don't see it happen until May now, like with all with all the bad results we've suffered anyway. Yeah, um, I think you, you might you might be spot on there. Um, right, okay, uh, let's let's move on from that. I'm sure we'll talk about Celtic, um, down the line a little bit in regards to the game yesterday against St Johnston at McDermott Park. Um, I asked you guys to come up with a list. So let's go for your, your top five. Um, go for your fifth pick. So, so I suppose your least, um, your least favourite, I suppose, we'll go with. Um, if we start with you, James, what's, who's your number five? Okay, I've gone with a little bit of a left field decision of Ryan Fraser. Obviously started his career at Aberdeen and then I believe he went on to Bournemouth and then is now at Newcastle. Uh, to be honest, I'm more taking it out of his performances at Bournemouth because I think they were they were some fantastic performances. Obviously, kept kept them in the Premier League for so many years and was with them in the Premier League for so many years and uh, kind of got some assists in that time. 
uh, got some goals in that time, and he was one of the. If I, w- I would say one of one of close to being like one of the most talked about players in the league. When I went, when I went on Twitter, most of that time when he was at Bournemouth, you were, all you were seeing was, "Oh, right, Ryan Fraser should go to this club, or he should go to this club. Where where would he go next?" But obviously, he went to uh, Newcastle, which I was really surprised about because I thought a bigger team. Well, in all due respect to Newcastle. I say a bigger team as in like an Arsenal or Man United. Obviously, I would say Arsenal because I'm an Arsenal fan. But um, yeah, that's why I've gone with Ryan Fraser. I think he's got 27 assists in his entire Premier League uh, campaign, I should say, throughout Bournemouth and Newcastle. So it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good tally if you think about it. And he's got 16 goals from that as well. Okay, uh, Lewis? Yeah, I think mine's is a bit of an outside shout as well. Maybe there's a few. I think there's a few options that you could put in that sort of top five, and you could go in any sort of order. But I went for the sort of outside one, Stephen Fletcher. In terms of moving from Scotland, he played with sort of Wolves, Sunderland, and Burnley. You know, I think he's become had a bit of a name down south. Maybe not your big names, but he's. I'd say he's well known down south. He remains in England, not in the Premier League anymore, but a cha- in the Championship. I think if you mentioned his name down there, they won't know who Stephen Fletcher is. His goal scoring record was pretty decent. He scored 53 in 189 appearances for those three. So I think he is a player who went down, done well, and made a career for himself. Yeah, he definitely um, was was successful. Um, I, I think Stephen Fletcher is one of those names that Celtic fans will look back on um, just about 12 years ago to say, oh, I wish we had signed him because we, we might have won the league um, you know, after Christmas. But obviously, they went on to, Rangers went on to win it. Um, so, no, definitely a good shout. Um, Adam? I said uh, Stuart Armstrong. I kick it off for him. Uh, yeah, he's been they've been he's been doing well since he went down. I think obviously after that invincible season, it looked like he was gonna leave, but we managed to get another year out of him. Uh, but now, like since he went down to Southampton, I thought he's been really good. Southampton have been real hit and miss, haven't they? They could go out one week and be, you know, your likes of Chelsea or Arsenal, or <laughs> and then the next week they go out and lose nine 0 and you're like, what? But no, like I think in overall though he's been he's been a good signing for them. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved on to I don't know, like say a bigger club in Southampton for like could you really see Armstrong um going to a top six club? Probably not, but you know, maybe even a Leicester, you could say with Rogers again, but no, I think he's been very well played very well since uh, going down south. Yeah, no, Stuart Armstrong um, is a great shout, in fairness. Uh, you know, he started off with Dundee United, then went to Celtic, did wonders for Dundee United. Then obviously his time at Celtic, he was a little bit slow coming in the first season under Ronnie Dyla. Um, but under Rodgers, he just progressed into to a phenomenal player um, with some great hair and some great goals. <laughs> and, a, and a deadly chant that oh, we yeah. probably, mi- we probably missed. Was... <laughs> we probably missed a chant more than that. Yeah. Is that not the best chant uh, that Celtic have had probably in the last decade or so? We had some, we had some good chants in the Invisible season, like Scott Sinclair and all that. Was... Oh, that yeah, that that was that was just like what a time that that was. Uh, like e- even now, like when the fans, when the fans go back now, like all our chants are about like the ten and that. And you're like, oh shit, we're gonna just be left chanting about fucking. Uh, I don't even know. Like, Lennon there we go, there we go. <laughs> that, that Scott Sinclair one's a catchy one, I must say. It is a catchy uh, chant. <laughs> I think the president did sing in that as well when he went down there. So I uh, clearly Celtic fans have a, 
good voice for a chant. Um, right, okay. Um, we'll move on to one of the first games that we need to recap. Um, speaking of Stuart Armstrong, uh, former club Dundee United versus Livingston. Um, what was your thoughts on that game, Liz? Yeah, no, it's a good one for Dundee United. You know, I think this is. The, I think I heard it was the first time they've won two games in a row this season. So they'll they'll certainly be happy with three points. I thought starting to see the best style on Shanklin. Like the, the championship on Shanklin, which I think everyone thought would come up and impress after making such Scotland squads and scoring so many goals in the championship. So, set against uh, well, what was informed Livingston side, they'll definitely be happy taking the three points at Tannadice. Yeah, no, I, I, definitely. Um, James, what did you think? I thought it was uh, a pretty good game. Obviously, I watched the highlights uh, yesterday or this morning, uh, and I think. It was a, a very good game. I think Lawrence Shanklin scored uh, two very good goals. I, I was impressed by that. And um, I think, yeah, it was a very good game. I think Lawrence Shanklin, um, you know, he, he did well for the United down in the Championship. And as you say, Lewis, it is good that he started getting that, that, the ball rolling into the back of the net in, in terms of goals in the, the Premiership. Um, was it a red card, uh, Lewis? Go for you. What one of the first one? Yeah, I would I would edge towards no because I don't think there's a, a dangerous intent when he's going in that tackle. You know, nowadays you're not surprised when you see stuff like that. like you see these screenshots appearing online and his foot's maybe a wee bit high. But I just think that's what happens when you go in for these sort of tackles sometimes. And maybe it is a red nowadays, but for me, I just didn't think so because it just wasn't that dangerous intent. Mm. Um. Yeah. No. I, I think I, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um. James, uh, I would I would agree. I think it was a bit harsh. I believe, obviously, I think he was he was trying to go for the ball. I don't think there was many malicious intent there. I think it was one of those. I hate to bring this up, but I think it was one of those. If, if VAR was in, they'd have a look at it and they obviously decide. I think uh, you know every week we come on here and we talk about when a referee makes a, like a, a big decision. <laughs> we're, we're talking about oh, should Scotland bring in VAR. Um, so yeah, um, Lewis, yeah. Uh, the the Livingston red card. Um, what about that? Again, that's that's a harsh one. I think. See, when I first watched that, I could maybe I was like, is it because he's not made an intent for the ball and he's possibly going through and go? Oh, but I just think there's, there's so many defenders there to cover that I was shocked it was a sort of red card because I, I obviously I'd only watched the highlights. So when I heard Livingston got man sent off, I wasn't expecting that to be the. The tackle that was a red card. I think even Marvin Bartley on Sports Scene said that none of the Dundee United players were claiming for a red. I think everyone thought it was yeah, Brooking, so it was a bit surprising again. Yeah, no, again, can't can't disagree. Um, Adam. Yeah, well, I didn't see the incident, but um, I didn't see the game actually. I didn't do your homework, Stefan, like you told me to do. <laughs> I'm a bit, I'm in trouble like that kid, that ball kid in school, not doing the homework, but uh. Now I think in terms of uh, results, like Livingston have been on probably the most inf- informed team in Scotland, apart from Rangers, haven't they? The last, well, they've probably actually been in better form than Rangers. I know Rangers sipped up in a couple of games, but Livingston have just been winning for fun under the new manager. Um, but now I think it's time uh, Dundee United to start getting a few results because I don't think they'll go down. I think they're too good to go down, but at the same time, they're drawing way too many games and not winning enough. So I think yeah. going, on a, going on a little run, win a few games, uh, keep them out of trouble and maybe push our top six but I don't know if that might be a little bit far out of the equation but 
you make a good point on um, Livingston's run because under David Martindale they they had a phenomenal unbeaten run um, and I suppose you know they've fallen out of form at the wrong time they're just coming up to a league cup final with St Johnston at Hamden mm. you know it's not the time to, to fall out of form and start losing games um, does that then make St Johnston favourites for the cup Livingston obviously now on a bit of a not not a bad run, but they're they're out of form. Does that then make St Johnston the, the favourites to to win the League Cup, or is it a case of it's a cup final, anything goes? Uh, Adam, I think you said it there. Like it's a cup final, anything anything goes. I don't think any team would ever go into a cup final and think, oh well, you know, we're not going to win this, or unless you're playing against obviously Celtic and Rangers. But you know, if it's Livingston St Johnston, I think every 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 one of the players are going into that thinking, you know, we can win this and. What an opportunity it is for a team other than Celtic now to go on and win a trophy in Scotland because it's just been Celtic dominance for the last five, six years, hasn't it? Yeah, um, you know, they've won 12 out of 12. Um, you know, they've won Scottish Cup four times and the League Cup four times. So, uh, aye, it's a, it's a long time. So it'll be nice to see another. It won't be nice to see it, but uh, for the club, for their own club, it would be uh, an opportunity, we'll say that. Yeah, Lewis, what, what about you? I, I wouldn't write Livingston off just based off two games. You know, I think uh, we'll still to see what that bounce back will look like under Martindale and whether they can do it. I think that'll be an interesting thing to see. Like Adam says, it's a cup final, so I think both teams will be up for it. It's not as if, you know, I don't think Livingston's spirits will be dampened despite the results. So I think there's still a game to go before, before that cup final. Is, so I wouldn't be writing Livingston off. No, not yet. Uh, James? Yeah, I would sort of say the same. Obviously, any cup final, I think form just goes straight out the window. You've seen it so many times where people in the league have been doing, have been on bad runs and uh, they've just gone and won the cup because, yeah, league form does ultimately go out the window. You don't go and say, oh, we're going to lose this cup final because of our league form. You just try not to, because it's a whole different spectacle. You just try and focus on that game and that game only and then the league kind of follows after. So I think Livingston could have a good chance. Okay. Um, yeah, again, I can't disagree with any of that. I think um, as a cup final, anything does go, um, league form does go out the window. Um, I think it'll be a really interesting tie. Um, but do you know what? I, I'm i going to favour Livingston on it just now because I, I feel like they have too good a squad to lose that game. So yeah, we'll go for that. The next game we have to uh, recap is Aberdeen-St Mirren. Before we do that, what's your, your number four pick um, of players that have went down to... England from Scotland. Start with you, Adam. Um, I'd probably say number four, maybe Victor Wanyama. Good shout. Did well at Southampton, didn't he? Then got his big move to, to Tottenham. Got, got his big move, got to the Champions League final. Uh, he's had a lot of injury problems, which hasn't helped. But um, now I think um, on a good source, he was meant to come back to Celtic last January or <laughs> in, Lennon's, uh, in Lennon's first summer as manager again. He was meant to come back, but um, a, a sleepy man up in the boardroom didn't get it done. So that it, it not, nothing came out of that. So yeah, yeah. Um, now is it, is it Belgium? He's, he's playing this today. Then I I'm way behind. Um, so I know he had a loan to a Belgian team and got through, but. Mm. I think that would no. I think that was maybe a deal he was gonna have or something, and then I can't remember exactly. Maybe he did play there, but. He's, he's definitely in Canada now, yeah. Yeah, he's in Montreal or something crazy like that. Nah, good on him. Uh, hopefully he's enjoying his uh, spaghetti. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> um, James, who's your number four? Who's my number four? I've gone with Stuart Armstrong. I think he has been, I wouldn't say one of the standout players, but he's definitely helped Southampton because obviously Southampton have been on quite good form. Obviously, they lost 9-0 twice to Leicester. I would just like to emphasise twice because that's just um, t- twice to Leicester and Manchester United. But um, yeah, I think Stuart Armstrong has been good. Obviously, he's against Arsenal. Let's not let's not remember that because oh, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> pardon? It was a nice screamer they scored. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an absolute cracker in the first minute of the game. Uh, let me just say, I thought, here we go again when that goal went in. Um, but yeah, I think he's got three goals this season. He's got four assists this season. So I think he's really, I think he's like really contributed to that midfield of Southampton. And I think, yeah, I think he's been really good. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, I think that's one you've got sort of down, Stefan. Went for uh, Stephen Davis. So obviously a man who started in the Premier League and then then came up to Scotland with uh, Rangers and then moved back down to Southampton. He was obviously, that was probably where he played the majority of his Premier League football. He had a good career there. I think he even became captain. Played over 300 Premier League games overall. 17 goals, 20 assists. He's just a consistent performer. And you could argue coming back to Scotland, he's, he's been player of the year this year. Yeah, I mean, you look at Stephen Davis when he was at Rangers first time around, uh, you know, he really shored up that midfield. Um, he was a great, great player um, for, for their midfield. Um, and his day, then went down to Southampton and sort of strolled it, um, you know, played consistently, as you say, for, for Southampton and then, you know, came back to Rangers. I, you know, I think his first loan spell, maybe when he was back, he didn't make the impact that he sort of could have. Um but I, I think now you you really see the Stephen Davis of old when he when he plays he just patrols that midfield. Um, so no, that's a, that's a quality shout. Um, I was going to include my players in this list, um, but for time's sake, we'll we'll, we'll leave it to you three. You've probably got better opinions than me anyway. Um, okay, uh, right. The next game we have down is. Aberdeen versus St Mirren. I noted in my notes that this was a dull game, um, and I, I say that for every nil-nil game. Um, but but let's let's just chat about what that means for Aberdeen not being able to beat St Mirren. What does it mean for McInnes? We know the Aberdeen board have backed them, um, but surely results like that can't go on, can they, Lewis? Yeah, I think that's five games in a row they've not scored, so it's definitely not a great record. A point. I don't think a point against them is the worst result you can get, but because they're playing quite well. But obviously the circumstances Aberdeen are in and playing at home, you, you should be winning that game. You know some of the players have got. Obviously, Flo Camberry made his debut. Fraser Hornby up front. You know they've got enough quality to go and and win that game. I think St Mirren did play quite well in the game. Jim Goodwin. I think it could possibly be an audition for that for that job if McInnes was to move on. You know, so it's certainly an interesting situation. That's a solid shout. Um... And I, I never even thought of that. Uh, who would replace McInnes if he was to go? So that that's a quality shout, Lewis. We heard it here first when people start saying Jim Goodwin should take that job on. Well, Lewis said it first. Um, Adam, what about yourself? Yeah, what Lewis just said there about Jim Goodwin possibly going and getting the Aberdeen job, I think is a show because I, I think he's, with all due respect to St. Mirren, I think he's punching above his weight massively there. Um. And it does look like maybe this is the year where times for Derek McGuinness. I've seen a lot of fans protesting. I think they just wanted to copy Celtic fans Aberdeen and uh, get the manager out. But um, now, look, I think I've seen a few people 
now I don't know if this is a joke or not now by saying Jim Goodwin should get the Celtic job till the end of the year which I can't actually <laughs> acknowledge unless it's a wind up but no I think Aberdeen would be a good uh, would be a good step up from yeah I can't disagree with that to be honest um, I think McInnes' team is is up he's had a good year uh, years for a good couple of years more than a couple but it's a good runway with Aberdeen so probably you would expect this team to be up at the end of the season but who knows James what about yourself I would use the word that you use. I think that was a really dull game. I don't think there was many chances in it. I, I, I just think it was really, really boring. I said before we came on about nil-nil draws and how they just are not great to watch. But, I mean, uh, Derek McInnes said he would take the point. So, I guess. Does, in, from um, Obviously, you, you watch more English football than you do Scottish football. Yeah. Um, but do you... How bad an advert of Scottish football is that? Um, you know, if someone was to watch it from an English perspective, how how bad an advert is that? I mean, for me, it was it was. I've obviously watched multiple games, and there have been some good ones. But if I if I was watching that as a first game, I'd be I'd be not worried, but I'd be questioning the 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 sort of you know. I don't know how to put this, but the sort of like playing ability of some of the players, but um, that's probably being a bit too harsh, and I'm sorry about that. But but just of that game in general, uh, it was pretty pretty boring. Okay, uh, fair enough. Um, I'm sure if people disagree with you, they'll find you on Twitter. Right, let's top three players from Scotland to England. Start with yourself, Lewis. Uh, I'm gonna go with Stelian Petrov. As a player at Celtic, it was a a great player in terms of under Martin O'Neill and he obviously he moved down south to Aston Villa with Martin O'Neill as well and he, again he was another one that became such a consistent performer you know loved by the fans player of the year awards and became club captain even was in, introduced into the Hall of Fame at Aston Villa you know overall 185 appearances 9 goals 12 assists and no, no red cards which I think is quite impressive you know so I think he was just a top player for both Celtic and Aston Villa we, we see the term being thrown around quite a lot about Rolls Royce, Royce of footballers. Is Stylian Petrov in that category? Personally, I, I, in terms of him at Celtic, I wouldn't have seen enough because mm. he played around the thing when I was a bit younger. But at Aston Villa, I thought watching him was a top player and definitely a player I would love to have watched at Celtic. You know, he looked like a, a great performer and one who would one who would perform every single week consistently. So. Maybe that I couldn't. You'd probably be a better judge in terms of that phrase, but certainly a, a top top player. Yeah, um, a wonderful player in his day. Um, it's some great hair as well. What is it we are? <laughs> you love your hair, Stefan. Don't you? That's like the third person now. You have to say, "Oh, he has grey hair. He has grey hair." He does. Do you know what? I, I'm a I'm a hair. I found top yeah. five is going to be of best Scottish person we've done in England with the best hair. With the best yeah, guys, sure. we should do. We should actually do that one, <laughs> and that'd be class. Um, <laughs> no, I do. I, I love my hair. My hair's my my hair's my baby. Um, so like, <laughs> um, James, go for you. Okay, I've gone with oh, this. This player annoys me. I've gone with John McGinn, and the reason why I say he annoys me is he annoys every, us too. <laughs> every game, I look at I look at the team sheet and I go, oh, like you know, you have these type of players where you go, oh, not him. He's really, you know, he's really gonna put us against it. Uh, against Arsenal, he seems to have a wonder game all the time. Uh, I was at the Emirates, I think, last season when he scored uh, the opening goal. But then we won the game, so I don't really care. But just, uh, just as a, a neutral, John McGinn in the Premier League this season has been 
pretty pretty good I mean defensively he's got a 63% tackle success rate uh, I think Aston Villa are, are, are flying in the Premier League and when I mean flying I, I use that term loosely for what for where they've been where, where they were last season battling relegation and kind of getting it on the final day of last season I think it, I think they've they've done wonders and Dean Smith's done wonders down there so I think John McGinn is is a pretty good player for them yeah, um, you know, John McGinn, that's a good shout. Um, I think a lot of Celtic fans will be raging that, you know, they missed out on, on John McGinn, <laughs> you know, when he went. Yeah. But again, we'll, we'll talk about we talk about Celtic every week, I suppose, don't we, Lewis, having a lack of ambition. I suppose that was the sort of killing point for Rodgers was like, they're not, Celtic never matched his ambition to bring in a player like John McGinn. So, um yeah, no, that's a good shout. He's a good player. Um, and I think we'd have slotted into Celtic's midfield nicely. Um, James, you touch on Aston Villa are flying. Uh, you use the term loosely. I, I would say they are flying, um, just quickly, because they're in eighth place. Last season, they were in 18th place. So, yeah. 19th place. So, yeah, I would say they are flying. Uh, plus, oh, they seem to be ahead of Arsenal. So, they certainly are. Oh, I knew you I knew you were going to get that in somewhere. Adam, let's go for you for your pick. Um, so number three is probably someone who has been out of the eye recently and maybe some people have forgotten about, but uh, Virgil van Dijk. Ooh. I'm surprised he's in your, t- your like, three. I thought he would have been number one. but um... I thought that was going to be a bit too obvious, though, like just putting Virgil van Dijk as number one. So I thought I might spice up a bit, but uh, <laughs> I, like, I, think, I think everyone here at Celtic knew how good he was, even though I do think in that season, Denier was probably the better defender. Mm. Um, you know, Van Dijk had his moments like getting sent off to San Zero after 30 minutes in a in a game where, you know, <laughs> Celtic, I think Celtic could have won that game. We should have won that game. We had 11-11. Um, but now, look, we all knew how good he was and it's just criminal that, well, I'm, we got, what, 14 million? But in the end, I think it rose to nearly 20. Mm. But yeah, I think we all knew how good he was, but you're never going to get 40 50 million for a player when he's playing against St. Mirren and uh, other clubs, St. Johnson, Kilmarnock. You know, he has to do on Champions League to be honest, a Celtic to be really warrant of a move to a top, top club at a big fee. But no, like he, he's been doing great at Liverpool. Like, obviously, he's been injured the last while, and you know, that's probably the reason why Liverpool have been so bad this season because they don't have him at the like, yeah, or uh, Joe Gomez. Um, yeah. But no, that's that's a solid shout. Um, what a player he was! But I miss Van Dijk itself. He was just so good. Um, he was prone to a mistake or two, but overall, it was a it was a great acquisition to get him in from Groningen, and then selling him for twelve million seems a bit cheap. But um, in the context of things, it's good money for a Scottish football team. So yeah, no, a good shout. Um, right, let's move on. Um, we seem to bring Celtic up a lot, so let's move on to St Johnston <laughs> versus Celtic. Um, Adam, you'll probably have uh, more knowledge of this game than the other games because you've probably seen it. But um, what did you think of the game? Um, well, to be honest, right? So obviously, I never miss a Celtic game. Like that's just something that I never do. But the way things are gone, I was in bed and I was like, "Fuck! I'll get up for the second half again." So I got up and Celtic are losing one nil, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So I went in to get my breakfast and I came in and Edward scored, and then. Edward scored again. I'm like, well, like, where would we be without him this season? Probably fight in third or fourth because he has saved us a lot of times this season. But 
no, like it's it's nothing really to get excited about, is it? You know, like as bad as this probably sounds, um, I think if Celtic put a little run together between now and the end of the year, Lennon could possibly stay on, which no Celtic fan wants. Um, aye, it's not it's not enjoyable. Uh, Lewis, what did you think of the game? Yeah, Adam said he was in bed for the first half. I don't think he missed much to us. It was a pretty, <laughs> pretty dull, dull first half and not much happened. I think it was pretty similar if you watched the Samaritan game. First half and that was dull as well. And maybe he had one chance at Rogic came close with it with uh, it was cleared off the line, but the second I think St Johnson obviously went one up and at that point I don't know what was going through and I was like, Is this a time when I get sacked? I was like, nah, don't be silly if you uh, but Edward obviously a magic two minutes and he changes the game and as Adam says again, where would you be without him? Yeah, you, yeah, no, it's a it's a good point. I I don't know where we would be without him and I don't know where we will be without him next season if he if he does leave, which I hope he doesn't. I've got a feeling he won't, but we'll see. Um, James, what did you think of the game? You tweeted me about it, so <laughs> I, I knew I knew you'd bring it up. Uh, I uh, watched the second half. Uh, obviously, I. I I didn't watch the first half, uh, but the second half, uh, you were losing, so I uh, proceeded to tweet you. And then um, I think Celtic responded to that tweet by scoring uh, two goals. So, um, yeah, from what I saw of the game, Edward's goals were re- uh, really well, really well, put, really well put together. I just think he just he's he's one of those players where you 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 can't be without uh, at the minute in the position you're in. I think I, I wouldn't compare him to a Bamiang, but he's one of those players where if you're without him, you really, you really, really do do feel the effects of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's one. Of, he's one of those people that can just uh, make a goal out of the drop of a hat, so to speak. Yeah, that's what he's, he's really good at. Um, you know, he can pull a goal out of anything. Um, I remember when he came on in the League Cup final against Rangers, although he didn't score, he he sort of built the goal. Um, mm. You know, he won the foul, etc. He just changed the game. He's a game-changing player. Um, so yeah, uh, Celtic will struggle uh, if they lose him. Um, should Saints have had a penalty? And I, you know, I spoke to James before we came on, and he said um, no. And he thought I was talking about the Glenn Middleton one, but I was. I'm talking about the Shane Duffy one, um, where he's got his hands all over the St Johnston player. Um, should should that have been a penalty, or is that too soft, uh, Lewis? You say a Shane Duffy one, I was thinking of the handball. You know. How many Shane Duffy incidents were there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't remember the incident with the holding. I can only remember the, the handball, to be honest. I think handball, I think that would be unfortunate to get, give away a penalty for that. But in terms of the, the holding one, I, I couldn't because I can't recall that one, to be honest, Stefan. Right, okay. Uh, that's fair. Uh, Adam, what were you? Yeah. Same as Lewis, to be honest. Like it was, uh, it would have been harsh to give it. So yeah, but it's Shane Duffy. So yeah, and, and he's prone to a mistake. Let's just say. I think. God. Eh, that's you, an, you an exclusive. You, you wouldn't know it, would you? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Yeah, but he's Irish, so yeah. But yeah, still. Uh, James, what about you? Did you think it was a penalty? Uh, um, did I think it was a penalty? Uh, see, it's hard because you, 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 I see what they mean, but you can't put your hands on a, all over a player. But there is some instance where you can just like brush him and then it'd be given as a penalty. But uh, he definitely doesn't do brush, yeah. He just, he, he just seemed to go a little bit too. I, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna say 
no penalty for now. But it's one of those ones where oh, I don't want to bring it up again. But uh, if VAR was in in uh, Scottish football, then they'd have a look at it, and they, maybe maybe they'd give a penalty. I'm not sure. But... I I thought at the time it was a penalty um, because you can't put your hands on someone. You can't use yeah. someone. You can't use your opponent to jump to gain a leverage. Um, so... Yeah. I think it would have been soft, but I think I think Celtic were lucky um, what, in that respect. What I loved about that penalty was Shane Duffy's reaction. He was just like straight away was like, "Nope, I didn't give away a penalty. What are you talking about?" And uh, it was kind of funny to see that. <laughs> there's not a Celtic game that goes by with Shane Duffy in the squad that you don't think there's going to be a horror moment. You know, I, what saying, I actually thought yesterday was probably one of his better performances as well, but yet he still has these moments. You know. What was he doing for that cross? Even the ball came in and Rooney scored from the header. Do you see him running out? Oh. You know, there was other people there closing down, but he decided he was going to run. Yeah. It's, um, that oh. goal, I think, could have been handled a bit better defensively, to be fair. I think it but. could have been a better effort from Scott Bain as well, but I'm not going to go on my crusade against Scott Bain. Uh, not, not just now, anyway. <laughs> um, right. Let's go to the other side of Glasgow. Rangers versus Kilmarnock. Um, was Tavernier offside? See, for the first goal, um, that obviously get disallowed, was he offside? Because I couldn't see a conclusive angle. The sports scene do not give you a decent camera view. Um, on I many, many yeah, we, we, every week, Stefan, the camera angles are dreadful. Like, if you if you even think of it, I mean, we talk about VR, but that's never going to happen. But even just basic camera angles of these things should be set up, and especially in a stadium like Ibrox, it would be set up, you know, because that's. The, one of the biggest stadiums in the country it's, it's just mm. purely you don't have these sort of things set up by now yeah um, d- for saying that though did you think it was offside did you see a conclusive sort of view uh, somewhat used to it I, I, I didn't no yeah um, yeah um, I, I, I honestly can't comment anymore on that what about you James I didn't I've looked at, I even looked at this game before we came on on air and I couldn't find uh, a conclusive angle as you said and I, I do agree with you yesterday was the first time ever I've ever watched sports team and some of the angles were uh, I don't know some of the angles were just I would it's stupid I don't know <laughs> I don't know but yeah I don't think it was I, it, they didn't give enough angles as you said I, uh, my, I don't think first, it was offside my first kind of thought was I think that is onside but then I couldn't see anything to sort of confirm or yeah or, or prove me wrong. Um, Adam, what about you? Now, look, I didn't see the incident, so I'm not going to comment on it. No, uh, I mean, that's that's fair enough. Um, screamer from Ryan Jack. I mean, what oh, God. was a uh, contender for goal of the season, uh, Lewis? Off the top of my head, I'd say it's, it's definitely a contender. You know, it's a great strike. He's probably a player you're not really expecting it from, and Ryan Jack, he's not scored too many, but he just strikes that volley so well, and there's not, not many keepers to save it, maybe. A few, but just not many, especially in this league that would, would save that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, Adam, you've seen the goal. What, what did you think? Yeah, it was a good goal. I've seen uh, a few people comparing it to Zidane in the <laughs> Champions League final, which I think is <laughs> I think someone was out in Scotland. That was only <laughs> you know, he does, he does a, Zidane does it in the Champions League final against Leverkusen with to win them the Champions League but you know Ryan Jack has done it against Kilmarnock at home but now look it was a good goal not taking anything away from the goal but it's not a not on Zinedine Zidane's level now but. yeah I would say I would agree with that it's, it's, <laughs> not, it's a great hit but oh, good goal. Uh, James 
Yeah, I do, I do agree. I think it was a great goal. Uh, when I first saw it, I went, my word, what, what a goal. Uh, it's one of those that you have to watch quite a few times to to really like sink, uh, like let it sink in. But it was a, a great strike from Jack. Uh, okay. Um, we've already covered the COVID uh, protocol. Uh, that, just regarding that, Jeff, I think Nicholas Sturgeon has said something about that. Oh, right. Okay, right. Add, uh, Lewis Brin is... Uh, I don't, it, it doesn't look as though there's going to be any sort of shut down or like second yellow card or whatever she just pretty much told I think it sounds like it could be this to me does seem as though it could be a final one by saying she said can I say to football and sport in general please get your house in order yeah I've just seen that it's really unfair on the vast majority who don't have the privileges that elite sport people have at the moment can I just say to football and sport in general please get your house in order Mm, he's using one of those metaphors again it's just let's quickly touch on that because we are running out of, out of time. Um, is she sitting on her hands, or is she is that one final warning? Um, Adam, sorry, I was uh, looking at what big Nicola was saying there. What was it? Um, <laughs> do you think she's sitting on her hands, or is that fair to give one final warning? I think she should have came out and cancelled the league, to be honest, and just said, look, we'll scrap it and we'll we'll start again in August. And I think that would have been the fairest thing to do. A totally impartial view. I love that. Thanks, Adam. Uh, Lewis? Oh, I don't even know at this stage because I think, I thought, I thought the first, the book sort of bowling incident and after that it sounded like a final warning, but turns out it wasn't. So who knows at this stage? It's just, I thought there would have been some sort of maybe harsher words from her. Maybe, I don't know maybe you need to hear how she, how she said that or whatnot but I definitely think that this could be the final one but at the same time I thought the Bolly one was the final one so who knows yeah alright okay um, should Kelly have had a penalty um, personally I don't think they should have I think it was outside the box I think it was the right decision but I've seen people saying oh, how are they not getting a penalty against Rangers typical they've not had a penalty Rangers haven't considered a penalty all season I personally and genuinely thought it was outside the box uh, what did you think James? Yeah I would go the same route as you I thought it was outside the box um, I don't think it was a penalty and that's um, I don't think looking at the replays I don't I, I still don't think it's a penalty so I'm going to just Go no penalty in this one, Lewis. Again, I think the sports scene angles dreadful. They, they, <laughs> they feel as though if you zoom in on something that solves it, it doesn't. But no, I'd agree with both of you. I don't. I don't. I think it's out. The contacts outside the box. So free kick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Adam, I don't. I don't know if you've seen that. Is is this the? Was this the one the last few minutes? Uh. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. Not a penalty. <laughs> it's a penalty. It's clear to see that you guys really love sports, seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a penalty. Um, yeah, I, I love sports and so on. I actually enjoy it with Michael Stewart and James. Sean Maloney last week. On, yeah, Sean Maloney. Um, what, what an insight he has in football. Obviously, he works with Roberto Martinez, but I, what a great insight in football. Um, right, let's move on. Last game I thought we'll do it in uh, honour of Ben McNichol, who isn't here today, big Hamilton fan. Um, make it the main event we'll talk about. Um, Motherwell versus Hamilton. Thoughts on the game? Unsurprising, totally surprising. What did you think, Liz? See, I think it's both, sort of both in a way. You're surprised that Hamilton have come away with that result, but see, at the same time, you're like, Hamilton just seem to pull it out of the bag every time, you know? I think... They've beat Muddle sort of every time this season. The last time it was 3 now as well. So they seem to just be able to pull these results out of the bag and, and these they save themselves with these, you know. And 
Just the red card. I did expect Hamilton to go in and win after the red card, but not 4 1. Yeah, it was pretty emphatic. Um, what did you think, James? I thought it. I thought that was one of the one of the like best game like best games on on the the lineup. There were so many goals in that in that game. Although I would say that Motherwell uh, shouldn't have let that amount of goals in. It was a good. It was a good game to watch the highlights of. Okay, um, Adam. Hamilton are just that shit that doesn't flush. They're just always here, aren't they? They're just never going to go, are they? I think if you offered Celtic fans at the start of the year, like you lose 10 in a row, but Hamilton <laughs> will get relegated. I think everyone would have taken it. But they're somehow still here. I don't know how, but yeah. Look, they just don't go away. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I was watching soccer Saturday and I see they were training up after, what, half an hour or something. And I was like, oh, that's typical, isn't it? They're, they're never going to get relegated. Yeah, they just as much as I want rid of the plastic park, it just seems like it's not going to happen. It's the plastic pitch for me. Like you know, you, yeah. can have a, you can have a big fucking supermarket in the background. I don't care, but it's the plastic pitch. It needs to go. No one like the games are still getting called off. You see them at Livingston in the snow, and they have a plastic pitch. And like, what is the point of it? Like, yeah, that's something I think needs to go. I think they need to be more stricter on that. They need to say once you're in the Scottish Premiership, there's no plastic pitches. That needs to go. I think they used to have a thing that if you come up from the, the championship, your stadium had to like meet a certain criteria. Because I know when Inverness first came up in 2005, they had to ground share with Aberdeen. I think Gretna had to ground share Motherwell. with Motherwell. You know, if, if those put in, you know, the Inverness stadium is actually it's, it's quite a nice stadium um, for, its, for its size. But how a professional footballing league can allow plastic... 3G parks to be played in is, is ridiculous. See, they'll use an excuse. I remember Kilmarnock use an excuse being like, we train on it. So if we want to, if we want a big grass park, we need to go and spend like five, six million pounds on a new training facility. But like, you're just training on the local park or something. Like, you know, <laughs> no one wants a plastic pitch. No one enjoys watching it. So get rid of it. Well, I would say as well about the plastic pitches, it could be detrimental to the players because a lot of players have, have picked up injuries through playing on plastic pitches, so yeah. Look at Big Chris Gillian; he hates the Hamilton turf. Remember, remember, big remember Simunovic with the big glass ankles. He couldn't go play on it. Remember, <laughs> he just like collapsed once he walked onto it. But like, I, I, I'm sure, like, I'm sure some of you have played football on plastic pitches as well. Your shins and ankles do be an absolute agony after it. Like, it's horrible. No one, I, I don't know anyone enjoy, enjoys it. It's horrible. I don't yeah. like it at all. Uh, it's, it's no good. Um. Shouldn't my, uh, sorry, I forgot where we were. Um, Aki's was it a penalty, uh, Lewis? She, I don't know if James watches Aki's regularly, you know, but seeing the results in the last two weeks, you must think there's some side. Who, me? Right. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, that's the, that's the last game, I, that's the first game I've watched really of the Hamilton, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I en- I enjoyed watching the one game I did watch. <laughs> that is not what to expect for Hamilton. I'll just say that right now. But <laughs> I'll go I'll go back to the record. I think it or the penalty. I think it definitely has a penalty in that. O'Donnell, it's, I don't even think the Hamilton players getting there. You know, I think the the balls sort of just out of, out of reach of him, and O'Donnell just pulls him back. And in that situation, we know the rules now at this point that he's not made an attempt to play the ball, so it's a red card and a penalty. Yeah, um, I can't disagree with that. Should Motherwell, um, was that a penalty for them? 
that was that was a strange one. I think that one looks outside the box as well, you know. But again, <laughs> we've mentioned it a few times the angles, they zoom in and and try and make it look better. But I think that one's <laughs> maybe outside the box as well. I I think we need to do like a, a podcast dedicated to ripping sports. Games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for that. Um, and reviewing it because it's it's no good. Um, right. Aki's have now, as you said, Lewis, have won three out of the three derbies. Um, I think they've won the two this season and then the la- the one in December last season. Um, what what's gone wrong for Motherwell? You were th- you know under Alexander they've been doing well. Um, but what went so wrong to lose four one to Hamilton Aki's? <laughs> I think this one's just a spell. Hamilton Aki's have got something about them, but <laughs> no, it's. It was straight because I was expecting. I know Motherwell don't have a, the best record in the last few years against Hamilton or the last few fixtures, sorry. But I was expecting maybe a rejuvenated Graham Alexander side to come out and and beat them. But maybe, I think it was just possibly an off day. You know, they just went out of the races and maybe missing their captain, Declan Gallagher, who's out injured, but just didn't seem to be their day. Yeah, um, you would expect better from Motherwell. I think I think they'll still do well enough to that they'll stay safe. Um, but losing to Hamilton Aki's, oh my god! I don't want to rub it in anymore because it doesn't look good, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's not a good advert for Scottish football. Um, when a top team like Motherwell is getting trounced by Hamilton Aki's. Um, right, we kind of lost where we were. I think we'll get two more rounds of our top five. So let's just so step on. Just just regarding, I mentioned Jim Goodwin earlier. He just agreed a new deal with St Mirren. So. <laughs> Right, well, that that out the window. Uh, no, that's good. Uh, do you know what? I love it. You're you're like BBC News. You just bring all the breaking news in here. I love it. Um, right, top two. Um, let's go for you, Adam. Who's who's second? Um, second, I'd probably go with Kieran Tierney. I know he's only been down there a year and a bit, but uh, the start he's made has just been like phenomenal. I know injuries have probably been his only like, downfall so far but no like you can watch him when he's playing like I have a few Arsenal fans that are mates and like they'd watch him every single week and they're like along with your like your superstars like Aubameyang etc etc like he is probably the best Arsenal player in that team yeah I mean I'm sure James would uh, agree yeah I, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that uh what I would say about Kieran Tierney obviously he's had uh he's my top two as well so I think it, uh he his injury record is becoming a little bit of a problem, but I think once he once he gets done with injuries, I think there is some player in there. I think the last few games where he's not been there, you've definitely noticed it because the crosses from uh, Cedric and and Bellerin have just <laughs> have just been uh, a little bit wayward the last few games because Tierney's not been in the side. I think Tierney has. A directness about him that he can just bomb down that left-hand side and whip in a ball, and most likely it ends on either a Holden's head or or um, Mary or whoever's playing centre back at the time or Louise, for example. But yeah, I've really enjoyed him at uh, Arsenal. I think uh, I think it's kind of uh, he he's definitely going to end up being the Arsenal captain in the next couple of I years. I would without a doubt. You know what? Shall I drop you with an unpopular opinion? Well, I don't know amongst Arsenal fans. I would. Who who I, in that Arsenal team instead of a Bamiang, right? Was just think is better to be an Arsenal captain than Kieran Tierney. Um, 
don't say Dav Luiz. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. No, I'm not gonna. Even though Dav is a great, I I, I, I like David. I have no problem. He, he, he does. Oh, he does give away a few penalties, though, doesn't he? Uh, but um, yeah, I think Kieran Tinney is uh, a future Arsenal captain. And uh, yeah, I think I think actually Mikel Arteta spoke about it and he said maybe in the future, even maybe if he comes back this season, maybe in the Europa League games, he might he might get the captaincy. Well, what's, Bami, what's the what's the unpopular opinion though, James? Uh, what's the unpopular opinion? I would say uh, I like Aubameyang as captain, but I don't uh, I don't see Aubameyang as one of those players in the dressing room that goes, "Come on, guys, we have to win this." No, you know I mean? he he leads by example. I think he scores goals and yeah, then, does things like that. To... He leads by example, and don't get me wrong, I love Aubameyang. He's one. He's like one of the best strikers in the Premier League. Obviously, he's not been the greatest this season. But um, I just think Kieran is one of those people that goes, "Nah, I'm not. We're not losing this game. We're we're gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna score some goals." That's what you need. Gonna... But he's been learning off the best captain that that has probably been in British football in the last probably since Roy Keane and Scott Brown. So <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. But it's probably yeah, it's probably yeah. Um, I think he's learned a lot from Hector Bellerin as well when they were both injured at the time. Hector Bellerin would. Uh, take him under his wing so to speak and really help him out I think Arteta's been vocal in, in they have, they seem to have formed a great relationship between the two and uh, yeah I'm just so happy that Kiarantini's now an Arsenal player when we first signed him I, I kind of rubbed it in Stefan's face and, and said just for 22 million is a little bit of a bargain 25 million don't undersell him it was okay 25 million I'm sorry I got a few wrong but I'm just so happy that yeah. Celtics that lapse of judgment just probably gave us one of the best left backs in the Premier League. Like the, the best, the best, the best, the best Scottish left back anyway in the Premier League. That's see, uh, see that that's where my number one comes in. I don't think I don't think Tinny's there yet. Oh my god! Oh, look, we'll, put it this we'll, way. Put it this we'll, way. We'll, we'll get to that soon. We'll get to that soon. Andy Robertson. One. Andy Robertson is playing beside Van Dijk, and he's playing with you know Ronaldo and Fabinho. These yeah, brilliant but, players. And then you have him playing with David Luiz, who makes mistakes almost every game. Uh, then he has all these kids around him that are so young, and you're thinking, and imagine Tierney playing for Art or playing for Liverpool. It would just oh my god, the guy would be. Yeah, levels above Andy Robertson. I don't rate him at all. Yeah, well, I have got Andy Robertson number we'll one. Oh, right, 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 number one. Who's your number two? Kieran Tierney, yeah. Yeah, Kieran Tierney is right, my okay. number two. Yeah, right. We've, we've spoke about him so much. And sorry, English sorry. for a Scottish football podcast. Uh, Lewis, <laughs> sorry. Who's your number two? God, I didn't say anything. That was too painful. That chat here in between. Tierney again. God. Nah, I've went for the in terms of. I went for the other Scottish left back just based on how he's done since he's been down there. I think Tierney, as you say, Tierney has probably been the better left back this year with form and stuff. And I think he will go and have a better career. I think you could maybe see Tierney move to like a Manchester City here in desperate need of a left back, to be honest. But overall, (laughs) Robertson, I'd say so far, he was a good performer at Hull City, a struggling Hull City side. And then he made sort of the the move to Liverpool. It was probably one of the, the best bargains. In the last few years, I think it was like 15 million they paid. I've prepared for him. And obviously, he's had this incredible rise from Queen's Park and working at Marks and Spencer's to the Champions League and Premier League winner, you know, 175 Premier League appearances and like 37 assists or something. So, I think his, his rise has been incredible. It's a, a great story he's got, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I agree with Adam to be fair. Keenan Tierney is the best Scottish left back. Oh, I, think, I think he is now. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going sort of overall in terms of. 
Premier League career so far. You know, I think, as I say, I think Tierney will. I'll say hopefully I'll actually. I think, I think right by now, the time I, I think by the time Baltimore retires, it will probably be a little. Even by the time better. I don't. Even by the time Tierney's Robertson's age, I think. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, James, your number one is Robertson. Go tell us why. Yeah, my number one is Robertson, and this is not like a big margin as number one. I think they are very, very close second. I was just, I was just saying, uh, because of the injury, you see Robertson. He's nearly in the team every single week, and obviously he, he helped Liverpool immensely in that in that title challenge. But uh, I would just go with what what. Um, Robertson's won as terms of, I know Tierney's won an FA Cup uh, but uh, Robertson has won the the Premier League and obviously the Champions League and uh, the Club World Cup obviously Arsenal aren't at the, that level yet obviously we, we hope to be but I think I think soon soon Kieran Tierney's time will come where he will be the definitive best left, left back in the Premier League but right now it's kind of a close second Okay, uh, Lewis who's your number one? Yeah, we've already obviously spoken about him. It's Virgil Van Dyke. I think the oh, guy's God. just ridiculous. He's sat a Rolls Royce, and he. I think it's time at Celtic. Obviously, he made mistakes and stuff. But I think I don't see at times. I don't think he was trying. You know, like it was sort of too easy for him in some of the games. Maybe that hindered him a bit. But the way he's went on in the Premier League and became even the best centre back in the world. You know, for uh, both Southampton and Liverpool. No, cost seventy five million, and you don't agree with that, no? No, I'm not having that. No, I'm not. That. <laughs> I think Virgil, maybe obviously not the now, but I think Virgil Van Dijk's the best centre back in the no, world. Definitely, Stefan. I don't know what you'd be watching. I'm interested to who do you think who do you think's better? There is only one best centre back in the world. He's not Dutch. He's Spanish. It's Sergio Ramos. Ramos. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I think I think, the, I think the last sort of three, two or three years, I think Virgil Van Dijk's elapsed into. No, no, no. Centre back and win the Champions <laughs> League, win the pit. When he won the Champions League, he's really yeah, but won the Ramos, Premier League. But Ramos won the, the Champions League three years in a row. The guys, I, no, that's what oh, I mean. Ramos, Ramos was the best centre back Ramos, in the world. Van Dijk Ramos is now the best centre back. Handedly carried Real Madrid like I this season and <laughs> last. You know he's been like you've seen him like Champions League final scoring the last minute to save Real Madrid, and then they ended up going on to win it. They win three Champions Leagues in a row. I get you, Stefan. He's probably been the best centre half in the last 10, 15, 20 years. But I think Van Dijk on his day is up there. Maybe he's, it's, they're close. They're very close. But Van Dijk on his best day versus Ramos and his best day in oh, Ramos left in the oh, chat. Yeah, but I think. I, I don't know if we've seen the best day of Ramos as much as we've seen the best day of Van Dijk in the last two or three years. I think there's more to come. That's there's more to come from Van Dijk, but. No, he's, he's, he's miles off the best centre-back. Oh, I, 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 I think he's up there. He's number two anyway. Like, Ramos <laughs> is the best, but he's the second best to put out there. Right, well, do you know what an argument they have? I have this argument on the daily, um, <laughs> and I'm, uh, it's, a, it's a hill I will die on. Um, when Ramos plays against St Mirren on a cold Tuesday night, I will rate him as the best centre-back in the world. <laughs> uh, right Adam I know who your number one is going to be I think everyone's going to know who it's going to be so go for it and tell us well if I didn't know we were doing this in order of like how good they've been because I would have maybe put Van Dyke ahead of this guy because I think you're going to look at me like I have four heads and I say his name so uh, no like everyone knows the love I have for Fraser Forrester like it's like crazy what, what a guy like I actually like I, I love the guy I think a goalkeeper, I think a good goalkeeper will make a bad team look good. 
and a bad goalkeeper will make a good team look bad, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think that's probably the example this season with Celtic a lot of the time, because I don't think last year, like when we seen them in the cup final against Rangers especially, we were terrible. Like, we were awful. And he kept us in it and we ended up winning the cup. And then this year, we just haven't had a commanding keeper. And I don't want to get into the whole conversation with Barkas and <laughs> Bain and Hazard because we'll be here all day calling <laughs> sure names and that. So, but uh, no, look, he, he's, done, he's done well at Southampton as well. I think when he went down originally, he'd done really well and he was getting England call-ups. I mean, he was getting England call-ups at Celtic anyway, but he, um, he, injuries have been a, another problem for him, but he seemed to rediscover his form when he went back last season. You know, Lazio home and away and some big saves in important league games. And then, I mean, the cup final, like I, when I remember watching the Barcelona game thinking like that is probably one of the best keeper goalkeeper performances I've ever seen. And then he goes and goes one better by doing it in a cup final against Rangers when they've dominated the entire game. And I'm thinking Celtic need to sign this guy up. And I genuinely thought that he would have stayed because of everything that went on. And, you know, I don't think he would. I think he would have said, look, maybe take a... 20, 30,000 pound a week cut, but at least I'm happy here and I'm winning every, I'm playing every game, winning trophies and being a part of something special. But look, for whatever reason, it didn't pan out that way. But now, yeah, look, Fraser Forrester, Boric, it's, it's a close one between who's better between him and Boric because I think there's valid points to back both of them up. But I, I just, what a guy, like, what a guy. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. Fraser Forster in the last 15 years has been the best Celtic keeper. Um, oh, I, would say, I would say he's better than Boric. Boric was a phenomenal goalkeeper, but no, he doesn't He doesn't hold a candle to, to Fraz. Um, so no, definitely. Um, right, I think we've we've done everybody's number one. Um, we've recapped all the games from this weekend. Um, we're running pure overtime, but it's it's okay. Um, I'm, I'm loving talking to you. Let's just finish off by predicting the the week ahead's fixtures. I think there's only two. Um, let me just double check. Oh, no, there's not. Yeah, there is. There's only two on Wednesday. Celtic versus Aberdeen and St Mirren versus Hamilton. Let's start with St Mirren versus Hamilton Ackies. Um, Lewis, how do you see that one going? Yeah, no, two sort of... Sides on decent form. I know St. Mirren obviously lost last week 4 1. They've drawn against Aberdeen, but I think by all accounts, it was a good performance against Aberdeen. And I think obviously it should be interesting to see how Hamilton, if they can continue that run of form, beating Motherwell 4 1, you know. So it certainly will be a good game. I think I'll go, I think it's a Mirren legit though. I'll go 2 1 St. Mirren. Uh, James? Yeah, I would, I would, I, I wouldn't expect. Uh, because obviously after a good performance at Hamilton Hall, I wouldn't expect it to be the same. So I'm going to go with a, a tuna with St. Marin there. Uh, but oh, but I do think I do think that they they will they'll be in the game. But I don't expect. I think they'll have a few chances because I, I think they will will kind of still have that that game where they scored four goals in their mind. But I don't I don't think they'll end up like going to the same heights that they did that day. But I'm going to go tuna with St. Marin. Uh, Adam? Actually, it's just Hamilton. Like, it's just typical. They're just going to win, aren't they? <laughs> and we're never going to get rid of them. But, yeah. Um, who's at home? Uh, uh, we'll go 2-1, St. Mary. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be far off that. Um, I'm going to say 1-0, St. Mary. Um, 
I, I really hope. Uh, no offense to Ben, um, big Hamilton fan, but I, I really, <laughs> I really that's, want that's that's some going being a big Hamilton fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I think, he loves him. I think this game will be pretty big. To be fair, in terms of a few sides, like Hamilton, if Hamilton win this, they overtake Kilmarnock, and this is obviously one of the games in into tenth place, and then St. Mary run it there into sixth place, so it could be, could be a big one. Oh, how good would that be? Two teams on plastic pitches getting relegated. Like, <laughs> just need like actually, I'm I'm starting to find like a fondness for Livingston. So I really don't want them to go down. Um, so yeah, no good point. Um, right, Celtic versus Aberdeen. Um, James. Oh, uh, obviously Celtic have have kind of I would I would say rekindled their, some of their form. So I think Celtic will win this game. Uh. I don't. I don't know what the score will be though, because it could be. I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna put my neck out there and go three-one. Uh, okay, uh, Lewis. Yeah, I think Celtic will win this as well. Not because of how good Celtic are, just because of how good Aberdeen are. I think we've obviously mentioned how they've not scored. I don't think they'll probably continue that. To be honest, well, depending on if Stephen Mills is back or if Shane Duffy continues back there, you know. But Celtic Park, you would usually say that Celtic would come out on top and. They have the last few years. I think was maybe one off for Aberdeen of when it parked, but I think Celtic will win this one two 0 uh, Adam, yeah, um, I think so. Aberdeen don't have a good record against Celtic lately. I know well, Apatodger anyway, but at Celtic Park as well. So, um, yeah, I think Celtic will win. As Lewis said, not because Celtic are great, but because Aberdeen are fairly terrible. So yeah, I think Celtic will probably come out on top. Maybe two now, three now. Yeah, I'm gonna again. I feel like I'm going a little bit different. Um, not far off, but I'm. I'm gonna say one one. Do you know that? Celtic. In the scoring. I I I think. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Depending on who's in goal, uh, not who's in goal, who's in defence. If it's Shane Duffy, I put money on Aberdeen to score. Um, well, I wouldn't because I I don't bet, but um, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm not telling people to bet. Um, but yeah, if if Shane Duffy's in defence, who knows? Um. I don't know. I just I feel like it's one of those games at Celtic Park that you would expect them to win, um, and then they'll, they'll struggle. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna say one one. Um, pains me to say that, but I one one. Um, there's no other games on um, bar the weekend, and next Monday we'll we'll obviously recap them. I just want to say I hope you all enjoyed that episode of Day Stefano Talks talking Scottish football. Uh, I really enjoyed sitting down and chatting with both Adam Lynch and James uh, to recap all the action across the Premiership, uh, as well as sort of run down our top five of players who've played in Scotland and have also succeeded in England. Uh, It was a really good chat, some really sort of good names thrown in there, uh, a good mix of players thrown in there. Um, And yeah, just a massive thank you to them for coming on. As always, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, then if you can do so on Spotify and on iTunes, um, it helps the podcast out a lot. Also, if you're looking to get into a new podcast, then head on over to Spotify and search for Fit's Been Happening. It's a podcast hosted by my good friend Fitzy and Beans um, to tell you all about what's been happening throughout the week. Uh, it's a really good podcast. You really should get into it. Um, it's funny. It's uh, it's topical and it's a, it's a good laugh. So yeah, Fit's Been Happening on Spotify. Go give it a listen. And as always, if you can follow the podcast Twitter 
on Twitter at DeStefanoTalks. Don't forget to give James and Adam a follow. Adam is at AdamLynch27 and James is at AFC. Uh, on Twitter, so go and give them a follow if you, you liked what they had to say. Without dragging this on far too long, this has been Day Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football, episode number 8.